It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Cincinnati Bengals get a much-needed division win on the road in Pittsburgh, and it was a dominant second half. Let's get into how the Bengals won in Pittsburgh. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans? Happy Victory Monday, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So if you're new to the show, coming in after a bye week and after a big win to get into the playoff picture, well, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube or hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts. And we'll be on your device every day when we upload this episode of Lockdown Bengals is presented by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. You just pick two to five players and whether they will score more or less than their prize picks projection to win up to 10 times your money. Right now, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And James, what a roller coaster of a game at least for the first half the first half had a lot of vibes and even early in the second half had a lot of vibes from the first game of the season with fewer mistakes being made but what i mean by that is weird stuff again happening and going the steelers way in this game a tipped ball interception another freak tj watt interception and e- even down late in the game when the game is over, a pass breakup that Logan Wilson has bounces into a Pittsburgh receiver's hands and ends up being caught. So just weird stuff continues to happen when these teams play. But today, and I tweeted this going into halftime, the Bengals, to me, clearly looked like the better team in terms of things that are sustainable and controllable over the course of a game. That played out in the second half where the Bengals took control on third downs. Pittsburgh stopped riding those that, that hot third down streak and It was a dominant performance in the second half, but Joe Burrow was really good, in my opinion, throughout this game. And for talking about the biggest reasons they won, it's because number nine, without Jamar Chase, without Joe Mixon for half the game, played an excellent game of football. He was amazing. Best player on the field. Best player on the field. If you would have swapped out Joe Burrow and and just flipped him, this would have probably been a different different result. Like, he's uh, he's special. And the, the thing that to me stands out not just about him, but this entire team is the response because you're right. They're on the road and guess what? This Steelers offense hadn't had a touchdown longer than eight yards until Sunday 
when the Bengals gave up a 19-yarder to Najee Harris, who has those built bar vertical jumps that just went over Jesse Bates, right? And then they respond again after the Bengals go 92 yards, take a 17-10 to 10 lead, and give up a touchdown to George Pickens after at least – some people thought questionable call on Mike Hilton. I have to look at it again, to be honest with you. But still, uh, certainly uh, some people would question it. And, and Jamar and, and Chase the, those people. And the, the holding call on Trey Flowers early in that drive. So sure. so a couple third downs converted by penalty on that drive. But, but and, please continue. And, and so the Steelers, they were 5 of 7 on third down in the first half. Mm-hmm. They scored 20 points, which I didn't have them scoring 20 points for the game. So already it's like, all right, well, this is brutal. Like, what is going on? And yet the offense continued to answer, answer, answer. After the the weird interception, right, where they they get a field goal out of it, after the T.J. Watt crazy interception, the offense kept responding the right way. I mean, if you would have told me 37 points, and it's not like the defense gave them a bunch of short fields. Right. This was 37 points that the offense earned against a really good Steelers defense. And it was the Samaj P. Ryan, Trent Nerwin, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd in the clutch. And I could go on and on about guys, and, and then it just comes back to the guy, which is Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He was on another level. He was playing at a the, the level that you need him to. And we, we talked about the, the completion percentage, 60%. He started 12 of 14 in this game. He was on, and, and this Bengals offense was on, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Huge, huge win. It was a must win coming in, and they felt that, and they were able to get it done and respond. Anytime it felt like it was in doubt, when the crowd was going crazy, when Renegade was playing, the Bengals continued to answer and found a way to get a win. Yeah, so the Renegade thing, if we can just spend a minute there, because apparently the Bengals were playing it, I saw, you know, Elise Jesse was talking about that. And apparently this is a thing that happens in the fourth quarter. They play Renegade, which I thought was like maybe something different from a stick song, but it's just a stick song that doesn't go hard to me, but really fires up the Pittsburgh fans. Is that? Yeah. So they play, they played Renegade uh, before the first down. Yeah. When the Bengals were inside the 10. And then and they fall start. They, they play highlights. Yeah, they play highlights over it Got and it. try to get fans hyped. And, and it certainly worked. And then there was the false start, and the Bengals had to punt out of the back of their own end zone. But then they answered on the, the following mm-hmm. drive, of course, and scored. But, yeah, that's a, that's a thing in Pittsburgh for sure. Okay. I've never been to Heinz Field. I didn't know that was a thing in Pittsburgh. It, it was Heinz Field doesn't thing. exist. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I yeah. mean, maybe one day I'll stop calling these for sure. Yeah, I've been I'll, struggling I'll give, with it all day. Struggling with it all day. You're forgiven. I'll, right. I'll give these corporate buyouts of stadium names their due respect or or paid respect one day. But today I'll I'll continue to forget the names of both the stadiums these teams play in. But you're talking about the Bengals earning things on offense, not getting the short fields. You're right. They're, they had massive drives in this game. The the six play seventy nine yards, ten plays ninety two yards. Later in the game. They did have a couple short fields uh, with, with some nice kickoff returns, seven plays, 59 yards. But later in the game, the eight-play, 93-yard drive to put the game out of reach effectively late in the game. You're right. that they, they earned what they, what they got in this game and 37 points without a turnover, without a takeaway, and with two turnovers of their own. This just, again, to me, tells me 
the, the Bengals are just a much, much better team than mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. And despite the first half being a little bit weird and the, the Pittsburgh success early was coming off of some really bad kickoff coverage for the Bengals. When, when we were going into this game, I was talking about, I don't believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers to matriculate the ball down the field all game. And they did it for a half. But they did it on short fields. They had a nine-play, 41-yard drive that went for a field goal, an eight-play, 56-yard drive for a touchdown, and a 10-play, 65-yard drive for a touchdown. And then in the second half, they they totally disappeared. But I didn't have confidence in in the Steelers' offense to do that for a whole game, especially on full-size fields. So the the Bengals' kickoff coverage unit early in this game in particular with, with wind being weird, Evan McPherson not getting kicks into the end zone was maybe like a bleak spot if we're going to talk about things that Darren Simmons is going to be unhappy about. But overall, you've got to be pleased with Joe Burrow spreading the ball around and T. Higgins, who I, I told you before we started recording, the the quietest monster receiving game that I can remember for Cincinnati Bengal lately, except for maybe another T. Higgins game that might have also happened in an instance where Jamar Chase just had like 250 yards and three touchdowns on the same day that T. Higgins had a nice day, you know what I mean? But really, really strong performance for T. Higgins as well, in addition to Joe Burrow, if we're, if we're talking about some of the higher performers on the offense. He's great. He's great. He plucked the ball, was getting open. They singled him up a lot, which I, I surprised. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, and maybe they were just giving more attention to Boyd and going that route and trying to take away the hometown kid a little bit more. But, yeah, it didn't pay off for them because Higgins was all over and was running a bunch of different routes, got open a bunch. And really the the play of the day, the 33-yard fade, mm-hmm. it, it set up the Bengals' go-ahead for good touchdown. And it was a huge play. When you're talking about the Bengals taking the lead in the third quarter, not looking back and maintaining that lead, you mentioned Evan McPherson. Oh, baby. Money Mac is back. That 54-yarder. Oh, we got to talk more about the 54-yarder, more takeaways. We also got to talk a little bit more about this defense. Mm-hmm. Because the defense, I uh, they responded, speaking of responses. So we'll do that. We'll dive into Money Mac and some defense next. What do you think? Yeah, I think we'll have to get to special teams in this show because I think there has been a change in the guard at puncher. We'll talk about Drew Christman's day as well later on in the show. Defense will be coming up next. First, this episode of Locked on Bengals is brought to you by Total Wine and more this holiday season. Find what you love at Total Wine and more with so many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find a new favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay or the perfect guest for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all that confidence of knowing you found something special, you're going to get it at the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and more. Curbside pickup and delivery are available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly. Be 21. I just have to tell you about tarot because... If you're going out of town like I do, well, you need to get Tarot in your life. What is it? T-U-R-O. It's the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Tarot, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, whether you're in Pittsburgh, whether you're in Nashville. I know a lot of Bengals fans going to Nashville. You might need a car. Well, get Tarot in your life. You can get a classic or luxury car, SUV for a family trip, all in one spot. Many Tarot hosts even deliver the car right to you. 
Every trip backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at taro.com. That's T-U-R-O.com. Talk about answers, James, and, and, and that's a good way to frame it. The first half for this defense, given they were they were dealing with some short fields, but they, they couldn't get pressure to Kenny Pickett. They were giving it up on third downs, whether it's, uh, you know, a good call on a penalty or, or giving up runs to Najee Harris at times or giving up catches to George Pickens. And then the second half comes along and, and the Steelers go from five of seven on third down to three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out field goal because it was off that TJ Watt interception. They get a first down finally on an explosive play to Kenny Pickett. And then they lose yards after that six plays, 27 yards and a punt three and out. Turnover on downs, and then the game is over. Garbage time is is fully in effect as the Bengals had a 37-23 lead before the Pittsburgh Steelers got anything going on offense again. And and what an answer. And you know who I thought led the charge here, James, was, was Trey Hendrickson. I thought came out of the second half, came out of the locker room in the second half, absolutely on fire. Jermaine Pratt. Excellent game as well, start to finish, I thought. Really good in the run game. Made a number of splash plays there to get the Steelers behind the chains. But Trey Hendrickson started getting disruptive in the second half, started picking up his game, especially when the Steelers started becoming a a drop-back passing team a little bit later in the game. But generally, I really felt his presence in a big way disrupting the Steelers on offense and Kenny Pickett, who started the game out pretty well, was like 4 of 12 in the second half at one point <laughs> early on in the second half that the Steelers didn't convert a third down in the third quarter. And and we went from, oh, man, is this really life after Chidobe Awuzie in the first half against a really bad offense? And this is a truly putrid offense that the Pittsburgh Steelers run under Matt Canada with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. But the, the Bengals made them look like that offense once the second half came around, once the fields got a little bit longer for the Steelers to deal with, and they even held up in some short field situations as well. So kudos to Luana Rumo and his crew for finding a better path forward in the second half. Yeah, the look, all the three and outs that they were forcing, I think it was four straight uh, to, to start the second half, and I'll look that, that up here as I'm talking. But the That's thing brilliant. that they – yeah, the, the thing that they, they were able to do is not just those three and outs with the momentum – but when T.J. Watt gets that big interception and has this awesome celebration, pretty cool celebration, which he had week one, too, it's like, uh-oh, they, you know, if they take the lead here, it just completely flips everything. And they forced them to go three and out. And it's like, oh, my gosh, what a win. T.J. Watt makes this freakish play, keeps his team alive, and they still don't have the lead. And the defense mm-hmm. steps up for the Bengals and gets the ball back to the offense and – you know, Evan McPherson does Evan McPherson things, which we'll get to. And so it was just right time to start getting stops. And for, in the first half, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Mike White taking flight. And it was like, really? Like, they're not doing anything that crazy. Is is, is this what you're going to do? You're, you're going to let them just find ways to move the ball down the field. And they scored on four straight possessions. You know, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal to end the first half. And it was a bit worrisome. I mean, that field goal at the end of uh, the first half, it's like you didn't have to give up 40-plus yards to let them get into field goal range, and you did. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this defense, they answered the call. I agree with you. Trey Hendrickson, really disruptive. I, I think that this uh, defensive line responded, and, and, and overall they they started making the Steelers' offense get stuck in third and longer. And, and, and there were a lot of third and longs, it felt like, you know, third there and were. eights, third and nines. And, and they were able to get off the field on those, which they weren't doing in the first half because the Steelers were five of seven. And that was just – there were a lot of them like that. And I was like, what is going on? Well, they, they figured it out. Lou's crew figured it out at halftime like he seems to always do. A big part of it, I think, was getting the pressure home. I don't recall seeing as many simulated pressures in the second half. They did a lot of that, I think, in the first half where they would send a linebacker and drop Trey Hendrickson into coverage. You might remember Trey Hendrickson's pass breakup. He, he did it all today out there in, ter- in terms of getting some sacks and defending Najee Harris, uh, c- carrying him in his zone when he dropped out on one of those creepers, one of those simulated pressures. But they, they weren't getting home for Kenny Pickett and whatever they were changing from the pre-snap to the post-snap picture wasn't causing that hesitation that they're probably looking for from a young quarterback in those situations. So, you know, you talk about those third and longs, even in the first half, the Steelers convert a third and eight on their first drive on their second drive. They convert a third and seven. Then they convert a third and three on their, on their next drive is where we start to get the defensive holding on Trey flowers, which on replay there's literally nothing. So if, if there was defensive holding on that play, I didn't see it. It wasn't on the replay. And then there's the the aforementioned that, that we talked about a little bit earlier, the, the somewhat questionable perhaps pass interference call on Mike Hilton. So they had some some benefit from some penalties as well there, but they, they also convert a third and nine with a touchdown pass where the Bengals couldn't quite communicate. And Eli Apple, I believe, busted coverage on George Pickens. So th- there were third down opportunities for this defense early. And and this is why going into the half, I felt like the things that were going the Steelers way in the first half, the tipped interception, which they got another one of another freak interception, the, the third down success rate for the Steelers in a lot of third and long situations, wasn't something that I thought was going to carry into the second half. I said as much at halftime, it felt like the things that were sustainable were tilted the Bengals way in terms of, I thought Joe Burrow, was playing well. I thought they were protecting well enough. And the only thing that was really concerning to me was if, if Pittsburgh came out of the half and they scored again, Yeah. If, they, if it gets to 27 to 17, then the rest of that game probably looks different because the Bengals have to make up two scores. They never go down two scores and, and are able to keep sustainable sustainability on defense. And, and then the offense continues to, be pretty good. And they weren't facing those third downs. They were avoiding those third down situations, I thought, pretty well in this game. And so those sustainable factors, I thought, really came through for the Bengals in the second half. For sure. Coming out of the half and forcing a three and out was almost a must. Because Kenny Pickett was feeling himself. George Pickens, Najee Harris was getting loose. It was, And so you had to set the tone and say, okay, you can have fun in the first half. Now this is our half. And that's what the defense did. And it's exactly what they needed to do. Because anything else, it opens up the the, the case of weirdness that you're talking about from the first half. It was weird, too. And, yeah. And it, and it will continue. Like, yeah. it, like if, they, if they go down and even get a field goal, it's like, man, it's five straight drives. And instead it was like, nope, case closed. That's it. That's not happening. 
and, and this is who we're going to be for the rest of the game. And it's who they were because truthfully, the seven points at the end is on them, right? Still borderline garbage time. The three points isn't on them. That's a win for the defense. Mm-hmm. They were great in the second half. And when the offense is playing like that and the defense plays at that level like they did in the second half, this Bengals team is is going to be really, really tough to beat. Yeah, a couple of defensive player shout-outs real quick. Mentioned Jermaine Pratt had a number of tackles for loss in this game, a number of defensive stuffs, thought he played a really good game. Noticed a few plus plays for DJ Reader. I don't think he made it onto the stat sheet, actually, but he did a good job on a number of plays, creating tackle for loss opportunities in the run game. Uh, one play really stood out for Mike Hilton taking on somebody. I don't remember who it was taking on a blocker in the hole on a Najee Harris run and absolutely stoning the guy. Najee mm-hmm. Harris goes down for maybe a one yard gain on that play. And that's your slot corner taking on a guy on the hole on a run on like an interior run. So that was a really impressive play for Mike Hilton camp. Taylor Britt, bit of an uneven day, but man, he, he had a great play getting down tackling on a screen and, and in general, tackled I, I thought pretty dang well in this game outside of one I think one tackle on Pat Firemouth didn't go so well but we should talk about these specialists James usually we say we're going to talk about the specialists we've run out of time to do so but th- there's some some big notes on the Bengals mm-hmm. special teams unit today so we'll finish the show there coming up next but first a word from prize picks because Br- prize picks is well daily fantasy the way it should be. You pick two to five players, and if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. So, for example, hopefully you took the over on T. Higgins' receptions. Hopefully you took the over on T. Higgins' yards because, well, T. Higgins was a man out there, nine receptions, 148 yards. But that's what you could do is you could take two to five players where they're going to take more or less, if they're going to hit more or less than their projections, and boom, you win instantly. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less from men's college basketball, women's college basketball, NFL, NBA, so much more. You can get it all at prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Download it today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So if you deposit $100, you'll get $100. Again, promo code locked on in the Prize Picks app and prizepicks.com. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Let's get into special teams, James. It wasn't all good, but it was mostly good. So let's get the bad part out of the way really quick. Not sure what was going on with Evan McPherson on kickoffs. Wasn't getting the ball into the end zone. Not sure if that was by design, if it was wind, if it was cold. Not worried about it. Don't need to spend too much time there. Kickoff coverage needs to be a little bit better than it was in this game. I thought that gave some opportunities for the Steelers. But big bounce back for Evan McPherson. And and you were on this. Remember, in our game preview, I, I, I talked to you. you. You talked about, yeah, he's going to kick four field goals. He's going to come up big, hit three of them, right? Three, three for three. And, and one was 54 yards. And it, Yeah, that counts as two, so I was right. A 54-yarder yeah. in this environment counts as two. And, and more <laughs> importantly, he's been great from 50-plus this year. 
almost more importantly, this is a little bit tongue in cheek, two for two from the 40 to 49 yard range, which is where most of his misses have come this year. And, and he was three for three on the day, which is a great bounce back to see. And man, you're right. Really, really difficult kicking conditions. At least so it appeared on TV, really cold temperatures and the wind in that stadium going in both directions. Looks like kickers were struggling on kickoffs going both ways at times. So uh, huge credit to Evan McPherson, big, big bounce back game showing that it's it's not a it's not going to be a second year slump necessarily. It could just be, you know, every now and then kickers miss some kicks. That's it. Money Mac is back. He never left. He uh, man, the 54 yarder, that might be as impressive as a kick as he's had. And he's had some pretty impressive kicks right in pressure situations. And I'm not saying the pressure part of it. What was necessarily there? They had the lead, 24-23, but 54 yards. I was down on the field pre-game, post-game. Watched him warm up. You got to really hit that dang thing. I bet that that's like kicking a brick in, in that that weather. And uh, being able to do that and get it there. And then this is the perfect segue because I did get to talk to Drew Christman after the game. It, he, uh, I, I asked him about Evan McPherson, and he was like. Man, once I saw that it was straight, I wasn't even worried about it. And, and Burrow said yeah. that he they always expect him to, to make every kick he, he attempts. So expectations are high for Money Mac for, for good reason. And, and he delivered a day. And uh, when he downplayed his struggles, I think it was the right thing to do because I don't think he was worried. And now no one has to be worried because clearly he still got it. Yeah, really impressive game for Evan McPherson and – Impressive game for Drew Christman as well. Yeah. What hammered, you? hammered two punts early in the game to pin Pittsburgh deep within their own territory. And his worst punt of the game wasn't even that bad. I called it a bad punt. Paul Dana Jr. called it uh, maybe his most impressive punt of the day. So obviously we disagree a little bit on the punt from his own end zone. He traveled 40 yards, but it was fair caught. So ideally you like to see that thing hit 50 yards and be fair caught, something like that. But that is really hard to do when you're punting out of your own end zone. Getting the fair catch is more than a silver lining. That's that's a pretty good result for Drew Christman. No issues in the kicking game. As we've talked about, three for three on, on field goals, four for four and extra points, including, as, as someone pointed out in, in my Twitter mentions, at least one high snap or, or not perfect snap, perhaps, that Christman handled well as a holder. And, uh, you know, credit Kevin Huber, who Drew Crespin said in the locker room has been very supportive throughout the week, even today, uh, in terms of getting helping him with preparation and, and mindset and all those things. But it, it's hard to imagine that this isn't Drew Crespin's job at this point. It, it he, he did everything he had to do, I think. <laughs> I think he answered the call today. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, they, they elevated him. He's going to be back on the practice squad on Monday. We'll see what happens on Monday because that, this very well could be all right. Let's let's move on from Kevin and uh, and promote Chrisman from the practice squad to the active roster. And you know that would be a Monday Tuesday thing, and uh, would not shock me one bit. Chrisman was great, and even the, the the thing is with punting out of your own end zone. You're right. He you you could just boom it, but then it's probably not going to be as high, and then it, there probably is the return versus the fair catch. And so do you. So I wonder, I wonder if Darren Simmons said, hey, man, boot this up high, make sure that we get it yeah. fair caught so we don't have to worry about return. I think so. 
maybe, right? I, so who he, he knows? Seemed, he seemed pretty happy with the fair catch. He's like, yeah, you want fair catches. So, he, you know, he, he wasn't down on the punt. So I'm probably yeah. the one who's wrong here. I, I will say this, though, clearly better than we've seen out of 10 yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, like a clear upgrade. And so we've seen it in live games now. There's not really much else. And, and basically he told me afterwards, too, that there was wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that uh, this was going to be the way they do it. And then he officially found out Saturday that, that yeah. they were going to elevate him. But, um Yeah. And the way he talked about it too in the, in the locker room post game, it sounds like you know his transition to taking over the starting job. I think was was roughly the words he used, and it sounded to me like that's an implication that it's it's not just for this week. But yeah, man, his first two punts, fifty three yards to pin the Steelers back at their own seven yard line, and that was almost a safety as Steve Sims couldn't handle the punt, and that's not something the punter controls, of course. But then fifty seven yards. To the Pittsburgh three, and and for some reason Steve Sims fielded the punt. So maybe if he doesn't field that one, it bounces into the end zone. Maybe we're having a slightly different conversation right now. I, I, I don't know, but overall you have to be really pleased with the, the performance from from Chrisman in this game. And uh, let's see who else should we shout out here real quick before we get out of here. Travion Williams in the kick return game. No yeah. no real missed beats, I would say. For the Bengals in the kick return game with Travion Williams up for uh, for Chris Evans on the active game day roster, both kick returners for both teams have pretty good days. And uh, who who else do we need to shout out here? Did the you, offensive did line. We, 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 have we the, the offensive, offensive line. The offensive line. We, we didn't really mention it, and they deserve a lot of credit because. One, Burrow was really complimentary afterwards, but mm-hmm. they did drop back. I mean, they still threw 39 times, right? Dropped back more than that, and Burrow was sacked twice. Yeah. Think about that. You take that all day long, and, and one of the sacks wasn't even a sack. So Yeah, but there, there was a draw play sack. I think you were going to say that. The other one was a cover sack. None of the sacks were like quick beats, and, and now, now the quarterback's getting sacked. He did get hit a couple times that mm-hmm. you know probably could have been avoided, but – you're going to have some of that against this kind of defensive line. I thought the offensive line was really good in the past pro game. Running game didn't really get going in this one. Steelers, pretty good run defending team. Joe Mixon had to leave the game as well. I guess those are a couple other things we should talk about. Joe Mixon being evaluated for a head injury. He's in concussion protocol. Did that get confirmed? Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't return because he has a concussion. Yep. There you go. So we'll have to watch Joe Mixon this week and the status of his Concussion. These he's celebrating in the locker room after the game. There, there's Instagram live videos of him dancing and whatnot. But you never know with concussions as far as the prognosis. And the the great news, because there was a game today, we haven't talked about it yet. But the great news, Ian Rappaport reporting that Jamar Chase off crutches and could practice this week. Could I tried play to, this week. I tried to tell people that the crutch thing was, you know, like just chill. Like I tried, I tried to downplay it. You know, um, you're 100 so yeah, we'll right that it is precautionary, but that he's not on crutches anymore means the bone has probably gone a long way toward healing because they're not yeah. really worried about it anymore. No, I know. I just people are like, man, he's still on crutches. And it's like, all right, let's chill. I just saw him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me to see him be able to play against Tennessee and the way the Titans are playing. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. 
Yeah, it would be nice to have him. It would be nice yes. to have Mixon. We'll, we'll see if uh, we'll see if the, those two guys can go. But regardless, huge win, Jake. Six and four. Mm-hmm. Six and four. They've won four or five. Don't look now. They've won four or five. Since week three, from week three to week 11, when you remove garbage time, just a really small filter in terms of the EPA per play stuff over at runningbacksdontmatter.com, the Bengals are the best team in the NFL from week three to week 11 when you do the tiers for EPA per play. Those are my selective endpoints. I'm throwing out week one's weird game against Pittsburgh. I'm throwing out week two. And then when Joe Burrow started playing a little bit more like Joe Burrow, the Bengals have played at a very high level, even though they've had a couple of losses along the way, even since then. And they'll have to close the season strong, James. Like you said, Tennessee has been playing very well of late. They're going to be looking for their own revenge after the Bengals get some of their own in week 11 in Pittsburgh. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We have a little bit more on this game to talk about in the next couple of days here before we shift our attention ahead to the week 12 matchup against the Tennessee Titans. So make sure you click back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast when we drop our next episode. And until next time, who day and have a good one. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.